Good day, uh, precious people. It's uh, Friday the 14th of May here in Durban, South Africa. I'm excited about this podcast today where I will be talking about a church member of the Woodstock Church of Christ in Georgia that divorced their husband and then took on a female partner. Now the church, the Woodstock Church of Christ was not very happy about this and so they gave her a disfellowship letter uh, uh, basically uh, threatening that they will disfellowship her and expel her from the church and this actually happened and it's reached the news. Uh, This has been on the TV in the States uh, anyway, so I'm going to say quite a few things about that today. I am Michiel, uh, f- for those who can speak Afrikaans, and for, for the rest, just call me Mac, and this is the Fishing for Men with Mac show, where I deal with worldviews, different worldviews, faith, uh, all the issues related to uh, the purpose of our existence and the pursuit of truth. It is good to have you listening to this episode, and I hope um, whatever is said today will add some value to your life, to your pursuit of truth. Now, we live in a time where homosexuality has been normalized extensively. Almost every program or movie or TV series that I watch has got a homosexual person or a couple in. It feels like Hollywood and all the guys creating movies are trying to force and really normalize this idea of same-sex attraction and and same-sex relationships. I I just started watching a series recently um, and because that's what I do for for relaxation and uh, the third episode is this one character and now suddenly on the third episode I see well this guy's got a gay relationship with with another guy and he starts lusting um, on him uh, on the show and and that, to be honest with you, it, 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 it's very difficult for me to watch because I'm a man and I really don't find men attractive. So for me, it's in my nature, it's difficult, but also in terms of my faith and also in, 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 in terms of the pressure that that places on society, I cannot support a program like that. So I'll never watch a program like that. Immediately, I see um, that type of thing taking place where uh, a producer is trying to normalize uh, homosexual behavior, then I will no longer support that um Program. So society has basically accepted now that homosexuality is normal and that it is natural. And even churches, um, I would say most of Christianity has now accepted it too. And that's, that's because a lot of pressure from society has been placed upon the church. And churches bend towards this, this idea to also try and make it normal and natural. The Dutch Reformed Church, for example, here in South Africa has recently decided that it accepts official gay marriages. Uh, Let me also just say, because uh, I think right from the start out, you you might be listening to this and you might be saying, well, I really hate uh, homos and homosexual people and things like that. It's not the case at all. I've been blessed in my life to have been surrounded by quite a few homosexual people, to have been in touch with people who have struggled with this thing. And I've seen people heal from it. I've seen people develop through it. Um, there is no such thing as people being cured and, and things like that. And, you know, that's a discussion for another day. Um, but we all have our struggles. Some men are womanizers. Some women are, you know, are promiscuous. And, you know, everybody's got their, some people are stuck in pornography. We all have our struggles. The problem is that when we normalize it, that's when it's a problem. And we say that this is no longer 
um, contrary to the will of God. Now, it's mind-boggling to me when Christians say homosexuality is fine. It's mind-boggling to me when society just accepts this as normal and natural. Why am I saying this? Why does this disturb me personally? Number one, because I believe in science. I believe in science. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no scientific evidence that homosexuality is normal. And if you believe in science, okay, you believe in stats, um, you, you will really have to go far to say that this is normal. If it is normal that people are, are born this way, then there should be a gay gene. Now, for 30 years or more, people have been studying this. They've been studying to try and find this gay gene. Recently, 2019, they concluded the biggest study on this ever. And guess what they found? There is no gay gene. Okay, there is no such thing as a gay gene. So I cannot believe in something that goes against science. But secondly, I also believe in biology. I mean, do I have to say this? That, that biologically, basic biology shows that men and women, male and female, complete each other. Okay, they fit together in the reproduction cycle. Now, obviously, one of the big questions that people have raised is this. Well, if animals practice homosexuality, then it should be normal for humans too. Okay, and great research has been done to show that animals, they do actually practice many homosexual things at some point in their, in their lives. Yes, they do, do practice some homosexual behavior. But like, for example, I've seen two male dogs humping each other, but they're not having actual sex. Okay, there's no intercourse taking place. Um, we, I've seen female dogs humping male dogs, okay? And there's a variety of species that you can go look at. And does, does it mean that because a dog does that, now this dog is suddenly uh, being homosexual? I've seen dogs hump teddy bears. I've had dogs hump my foot. You've, we've all seen this. The animal kingdom is strange, okay, sometimes. But you will never see a male and a male dog reproduce babies or a female and a female dog reproduce babies. You will never see homosexual behavior in the animal kingdom prolong for life. You wouldn't, you, so, so it's very rare to see these occurrences. Okay? And also it's not, not long lasting. Uh, so it's, you, you really got to go far stretch and also to just then say, well, if the animals practice some forms of homosexuality, then it is normal for humans to practice homosexuality. Um, that is also a far stretch. Remember last week's podcast, if you did listen to it, um, animals and humans are not on the same plane. We've got different moral codes and values. We've got, we are totally different. Okay. Um, and animals murder, they rape, and we don't call them murderers and rapists. Okay. So you can't compare the animal kingdom to the human kingdom. All right. So animal homosexuality, the, the brief, short, very limited times that we do see some form that looks like animal homosexuality is not the same as what and same nature as human homosexuality. Human homosexuality is straight up sexual, lustful, um, and it is usually long term. Um, 
well, probably in the in homosexual community, there's short-term relationships. But most of the people out there who fight for homosexuality would say, yo, we, but we also believe in long-term relationships. Second, we, we can't take our cue from animals because then we might as well just do what we, what we want and act like animals and uh, never mind AIDS and things like that. And, you know, we're not going to go into that. Um, there's also another problem for the atheist and the naturalist and the materialist. And this is it. It is irrational to believe that homosexuality is normal and natural and at the same time to believe in evolution. Because the key premise of evolution or key teaching of evolution is that genes must be, genetic material must be passed on to the next generation for the survival of the species. And what homosexuality does is it, it stops that. Male to male cannot reproduce. Female to female cannot reproduce. So, therefore, homosexuality, according to evolution, is an anomaly. It is an anomaly. It stops the production. It stops the carrying forward of the genes into the next generation. So, if we want to believe uh, that evolution is true, and we want to believe uh, that uh, homosexuality is natural, we've got a big, big, big problem. Homosexuality must be eliminated and will be eliminated according to evolution because otherwise, in order for the species to survive, the, the genes will not be carried forward into the next generation. So there's two reasons. I believe in biology and I believe in science and neither of those confirm that homosexuality is natural and normal. But I also believe in God and I believe in His Word and His Word is very, very clear. God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Okay? All kinds of people have tried to discredit the biblical texts talking about homosexuality. I had a very close friend of mine just recently um, take me on about Sodom and Gomorrah and tell me, no, no, but the reason why God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah was not because of the homosexuality. It was because those men wanted to rape those men that came. And so you see there's all kinds of excuses that emerge. And then the other argument is that when you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that talks about uh, homosexual offenders not inheriting the kingdom of God, then saying, well, that Greek word does not actually refer to um, homosexuality. It, the word literally means an abuser of mankind. Therefore, uh, homosexuality is actually not a sin. It's talking about abusing mankind. Now, let me ask this question. When you use a part of your body to penetrate the part of another person's body that was not meant for sexual activity, is that not an abuse of the creation of God? Is that not an abuse of what something has been made for? But regardless of that, there's lots of scriptures that show us. I mean, this is something that even should not even be uh, uh, defended. But I'm going to, for this podcast, just read Romans chapter 1 that, that clearly says homosexuality is a sin. He talks here about the worst type of people that have lived. Um, I'm going to read from Romans 1 verse 21. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. 
even the women exchanged natural relations with unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. There's no way you can get around that. You cannot say. There's no way that any rational person can say. The Bible says you can practice homosexuality and love God at the same time. Now, this is obviously a loaded topic and there are lots to say about this, but I will leave that for a future talk. I've spent enough time now already just with this introduction. But with this introduction behind us, I'd like to get into the situation that transpired in Georgia with this lady, Crystal Cox, because it deals with the question. Okay, so a church agrees that homosexuality is contrary to science, biology and scripture. Okay. It is a sin, okay? But how does the church deal with it? You've got a church member that is in your church now and decides to be gay, okay? And not only that, but how does the world view it when Christians directly take on sin according to the Bible, which is okay in the sight of, of, of the world? Is, is it okay? I mean, because there was great outrage about this story. People wanted to get these elders and they would criticize them online. This church had to go close down their Facebook page, their website, because they've been so criticized for standing up against homosexuality. Because in the eyes of the world, that is just inhumane and wrong. So often the, 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 the world would think the church is crazy for claiming things like homosexuality is sin. And so I hope this episode will help people who are not Christians to see why Churches react the way that they do. Now, let me sketch to you the story. Crystal Cox is a member of the Woodstock Church of Christ for five years, apparently. She has two kids. She divorces her husband and then she takes, uh, she, she takes uh, on a relationship openly with, with a lesbian. Okay, and she becomes a lesbian. The elders of the church get to hear of this and they see her living this lifestyle out in the open. On social media, she puts out videos and, and, and photos of her new relationship with this girl. And so they send her a letter asking to meet with her. She doesn't respond to the letter. Then they send another letter in which they say if they hear nothing from her, she would be disfellowshipped and the church would alienate her. Now she took that letter to social media and she posted it saying, I can't wait for my denouncement ceremony. And so you can sense a bit of rebellion there. She was sort of excited about this. But in the interview with CBS News, she teared up and said that she, she didn't want people to criticize the church or, or to treat the church badly. And that showed me that she had some love for the people after all. I mean, she had spent about five years there. But she also said that she can't understand how her love for this other woman would be condemned or could be condemned and another interesting point she said was that her sin was pointed out but what about the sin of the other people in the church why is her sin pointed out and that struck me because in that moment she acknowledged that was that what she was doing was indeed sin anyways there's a lot to deal with here um, but let me read you the letter that the elders sent so here the letter goes uh, Dear Crystal Cox, this was written April 1st, I think, 2021. As elders of the Woodstock congregation, we have the responsibility to watch out for the souls of each member of this congregation. As we have previously stated, we feel that it is crucial to remind you that our Lord considered it vital that no one can be involved in homosexuality and be in a pleasing relationship with God. 
We sent you a letter in the second week of December 2020 that was confirmed by the USPS as delivered on December 10, 2020. A copy of that letter is enclosed. In that letter, the eldership requested an opportunity to discuss with you this situation and the condition of your soul. We have not received the response to that letter. In light of your apparent lack of desire to hear our concerns, apparent lack of willingness to repent and the public display of your homosexual lifestyle, we have no alternative but to withdraw our fellowship with you and must no longer treat you as a sister in Christ. Please understand this in an effort to encourage in you a godly sorrow leading to repentance. This greatly saddens us because while we can no longer fellowship with you as a sister, we do care for your soul. Our prayer is that one day you will repent and return to the Lord. When that day comes, we will receive you with open arms and love like the father received his erring son in the parable of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. Please understand that we love you and pray that you will repent, seek forgiveness and return to worshipping our Father in the Lord's Church. We pray for your spiritual well-being. If we fail to hear from you by April 30, 2021, we would understand you are not repentant and do not desire to be forgiven of your sinful behavior. That being the case, an announcement to that effect will be made to the Woodstock Church of Christ on the following Sunday. We will announce that we have withdrawn fellowship from you following efforts to establish a dialogue to persuade you to repent. Your name will be removed from our membership role until you decide to make your life right with the Lord. It is important that you understand after fellowship has been withdrawn from you, Christians must not interact with you except to encourage you to repent and seek forgiveness. Crystal, it is our sincere hope that our fellowship will one day be restored. When that day comes, the rejoicing at the Woodstock Church of Christ will only be exceeded by the rejoicing in heaven. Luke 15.10 Until that day comes, you will not be considered a member of the Church of Christ. We also, yeah, they also quote scriptures here, 1 Corinthians 5.11-13 and also Ephesians 5 and verse 11. So when you read that from a, a worldly perspective, it is quite intense. If you read that with the biblical perspective, um, you can understand in a way why the letter is written the way that it is. Now, I'd like to just comment a few things on the story, the whole story and the letter. First of all, there is a biblical basis for the church's stance. Okay, if, the, if this church takes the Bible seriously, then they definitely have a basis for the stance. This lady was a church member, yet she was living in, in invisible sin. Um, so her homosexuality was in the open. And so when people from outside see this, they would conclude, look, that lady, she's a member of that church and she's practicing homosexuality. Okay. And that would then put the church into the position that the public would think that the church is supporting homosexuality. And in a sense, and also then they would say that the, the church um, is claiming that God is okay with homosexuality, which is not. The Bible is very clear about this. But the church wanted to make the message clear that the Bible does not accept this. And so they tried to do what Paul spoke about in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to read to you what happens in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Okay, It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that does not occur even among pagans. A man has his father's wife. And so here there was a guy in the church, in this church, who was having a relationship with his father's wife. We assume it was a woman that was, it wasn't his mother, but a, a woman that his father married. And you are proud? Shouldn't you rather have been filled with grief and have put out of your fellowship the man who did this? 
even though I'm not physically present, I'm with you in spirit. This is the Apostle Paul talking. And I've already passed judgment on the one who did this, just as if I were present. When you're assembled in the name of our Lord Jesus, and I am with you in spirit, and the power of our Lord Jesus is present, hand this man over to Satan, so that the sinful nature may be destroyed and his spirit saved on the day of the Lord. Your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast that you may be a new batch without yeast as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival not with the old yeast, the yeast of malice and wickedness, but with the bread without yeast, the bread of sincerity and truth. I have written you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. Not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or greedy or swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave this world. And so what Paul is saying to the church is, yes, I mean, you can't remove yourself from uh, sexually immoral people and idolaters in the world. Okay, you would have to leave the world then. Okay, but verse 11, he says, but now I'm writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother or a sister, but is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater or a slanderer, a drunkard or a swindler. With such a man, do not even eat. Eat. I mean, is that is that's pretty clear. Paul is saying, don't associate with people. If they call themselves Christians, but they live a different lifestyle, do not associate with them. Make it clear that Christ does not accept that. What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. Expel the wicked man from among you. Now, if you read this text, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 5, there's definitely a biblical basis for the position that this church took. This lady was practicing sexual immorality. And Paul says, you've got to expel that person from the, the, from the church. Now, that brings up a second thing. Why pick on her sin? She brings up the idea, but why do they pick on my sin and not the sins of the other people? Well, there's a few things to be said here. First of all, her sin was in public. Everybody saw that. Second, also, sexual sin is a higher level of sin. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 18 says, Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. And the issue really here wasn't her sin. The issue was her unrepentance. It doesn't matter what the sin is. I mean, th this text over here that we just read in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 says, if your, if your brother is greedy, okay, if he's got greed, okay, and, and he doesn't want to repent, expel him. If he's a drunkard, I know many Christians who are drunkards. Yes, they need to be expelled. And I think this lady might have a point there that there are some... Christians tend to be harder. Churches tend to be harder on things like homosexuality than on drunkenness and greediness. But those things also need to be addressed. Okay, but I can, I can guarantee you if, if there were um, other people in this church that performed other types of sins that was also in the public and um, that was clear and, and seen by the people, they would have responded in the same way. And I'm sure that they would have also expelled that person from the church. There's a third thing that I just also would like to say, that these elders were very bold. I think the elders took a very bold step to confront this issue in a culture where this type of condemnation is sneered upon. But they had to take a stand. They had to be clear about God's view on this and not popular public opinion. 
And we need more Christians like this. Let me repeat this. There is no biblical basis to approve of homosexual sin. And if you call yourself a Christian, you have to follow what God says, what the scripture says, and not be swayed by public pressure. I'm sure that there's, you know, there's been outrage. How, how can you guys do this to this lady and her love? Well, you know what? She can do what she wants with her life. She's got the free will to go and, um, you know, be a, a homosexual person or whatever the case may be. But this church cannot accept her lifestyle as normal and God-inspired. Because then they would have to throw out some sections of the Bible. Then they might as well throw out the whole thing. Just a side note. This doesn't mean people can easily leave their sin. And this is not what God is saying yet to us here in this text. Just like it is difficult for an alcoholic to stop drinking, so it would be hard for a homosexual. But when your love for Christ gets bigger than your desire for a lifestyle that contradicts his creation intent and his will, it becomes a blessing to submit to him rather than your own flesh. But there's a fourth point that I would also like to make about this whole story. These elders were legal shepherds, but not love shepherds. So I understand why they did what they did, but I totally disagree with how they did it. I mean, send her a letter and they confirm in the letter, USPS told us that, you know, this letter has, has reached you, but you haven't responded. Send a letter? Shepherds send a letter? How impersonal is that? If you really care about my soul, why not, why not drive to my house? Why not come to my place of work? Why not take me for a cup of coffee? Why not love me? Why not hear my heart? And come explain to me God's heart. But send her letters, impersonal letters. Although the words in the letters seems a little bit at some points like loving the gesture of sending a letter instead of going to see her in person doesn't show love. It shows law. It's like they, they were covering up their bases and this was a legal process now. You, you only go to black and white. You only go to ink when, you, when you're getting legal. It also makes us wonder how this lady ended up in a sin while being a part of that church. How did she slowly drift into this position where she got there? Were the shepherds really involved in her life? Where were the shepherds? Where were the other disciples while Satan was busy luring her away? Her away? It's just so sad for me that when the world looks at most churches, they see one of two things. Either a church looking like the world and seeing no difference between a Christian and a pagan. Or a church looking like a loveless legal institution. And it should be neither. We need churches who stand up boldly for truth, but love till death doing so. And just a side note, for those of us who ever get into conflict, just a side note. It is always better to go see a person face to face than to write them a letter. Nothing communicates better than a face and the sound of a voice. And in this instance, I feel I failed the elders. I think they failed this exam. They should never have sent her a letter. And with that, they've dug a pit a little bit for the church. And that's why they had to close their website, close the, the Facebook story. If they went to go see this lady in love and spoke to her in love, she might still have rejected the, the fellowship of the church. But the way that this has um, opened up, I think, is, could have been prevented. So what's the conclusion? Two disciples of Jesus must get bold and stand up for truth. Even if people hate you and call you names. 
they did the same thing to Jesus. True disciples have the right to judge fellow Christians on visible sin. This needs to be cleared out because there's a lot of people out there that misunderstand this. If you call yourself a Christian, I have the right and the obligation to judge you based on what you do with your life. And what I mean by that is not everything that I must not judge you. But if I see that you're a Christian, but you're sleeping around with multiple women, I must point that out. I must make a judgment because you're not walking in line with the will of Christ and you're giving Christ a bad name. But if you're not a Christian and you go around and you're homosexual and you, I don't know, you, you cut yourself or whatever it is that you do. I mean, I can't make a judgment about that because you don't believe in Christ. You're not under the same rulership as Christ. So this idea that's been going around that we're not allowed to judge. Yes, we are. If you are a Christian and I'm a Christian, I can make a judgment. I must make a judgment and help you. And that's, once again, not my words. That is what we just read. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Go read that again. Somebody made a statement on this article, wrote a comment at, at the bottom, one of the articles about this whole scenario, and said, if you don't like the rules, then don't join the club. If you don't like the rules, don't join the club. And the idea is simply, if you don't like what the Bible says, don't become a Christian. Don't become a disciple. If you won't submit to everything that God says, please don't call yourself a Christian. Rather, create your own faith, your own religion that suits your personal desires. We either believe all that the Bible says or we make up our own faith. But you can't be a Christian and pick and choose what you accept in the word and what you don't accept. And this is definitely one of those things that is very, very clear in Scripture. Guys, have a fantastic week. We talk again next week. Bye-bye.